The whole point of judging them is that you deem them unworthy of your love. Now, when you do that, it's because you, of course, think that they're guilty. And so you say, because you did this, I will now no longer love you. Or because you said that, I will now no longer love you. Now, when you do that, when you judge someone that way, what happens is that then you cast God out of your heart. Because when you look at someone in a loveless fashion, that action, that thought, is all that sin is. Because sin is a perceptual missing of the mark. So when I come up with some reason inside why I shouldn't love you, in that moment I am sinning. What the Course in Miracles says is that all of your life experience is, is a reflection back to you of what you think that you've done to others. There's a marvelous part in the Course where it says, if you judge other people, they will either judge you back or if they don't, you will feel like they did. So what really happens in life is that we are not brought up thinking that love must be paramount, thinking that love should be first. And because we are not brought up in a culture which says love above all things, we tend to allow other things to creep into our consideration of people. And so instead of loving people all of the time, we love them sometimes, but most of the time not. And the thing about love that's it's very empowering to understand and yet also very amazing is the Course says you can't just say you've got to love people. You've got to love people, period. You can't really love a person and judge them at the same time. Because what the Course says is that there is no love when you're judging. So real love is when you realize, I love you, and it doesn't matter what you said, and it doesn't matter what you did. I love you for one reason, and that is because it is true to my nature to do so. That is who I am, is God's love, and I'm on this earth in order to express it. Because we say here all the time, if you have any problems in life, it's because you either forgot what you are, who you are, and you forgot why you came here. Now, what happens is that as you do that, what's really happening is that you're cutting yourself off from yourself because the real you is always loving. And so then, feeling so out of touch with love, it is as though to say you are out of touch with God, and that makes you feel terrified inside. And it makes you feel very guilty because in a deep unconscious way, what's really going on is that you feel that you've killed God because all of a sudden God's not there. Because when you're not thinking love, it's like the sun is not shining. The Course in Miracles says it's like you're in a very bright room, you have your hands in front of your eyes, and you're saying, oh my God, it's dark in here. Well, it's not dark in here, it's bright in here, but your fingers are in front of your eyes, which is the same thing as in the Bible when they talk about I was blind and now I see. There were scales in front of my eyes. I didn't see. I didn't see that love was what it's all about. And so we grow up in a world where we don't see that love is what it's all about. And to that extent, we go around feeling very, very guilty. Now, the ego mind has it set up so that we don't see that that's what makes us feel so guilty. As a matter of fact, if we were to, to really face our guilt, it would be unbearable if we stopped at the point where it seemed that we had killed God. So what the ego does is say, here, I'll help you. I'll help you get over your feeling of guilt. And what it does, although you're not conscious of it, is that it has you project the guilt onto other people. And then that just makes you feel even more guilty because whatever you think about other people, you think about yourself because the Course says there's really only one of us here. So when I love you, I love myself tenfold. And when I judge you or attack you, I attack myself tenfold. So what happens is there's this cumulative effect. And it doesn't have to be that we did anything per se. 
It's just that we've been thinking the thoughts of guilt over and over and over again because it's the thoughts of guilt that somebody else wasn't perfect or, or that we weren't perfect to such a point that we end up with just this huge sense of guilt and we don't know how to get rid of it. Now, the interesting thing about it, first of all, start with theory. Theory, because how do we change as people? Well, we change, the Course says, because we start with the truth, which begins as just an intellectual construct. So here's the abstract intellectual truth, and then here we are down in the emotional mire that's most of our lives. So the intellectual truth says you are not guilty because God created you as spirit. He created you perfect. What he creates is changeless. Once it's accomplished, this creation never changes. It is never modified. It is unchangeable. That means God did not create a body. Why did he not create a body? Because bodies change. So God could not have created a body. The Course says that God created spirit. God created mind. And the Course says that when he created this mind, he created it merely by extending from himself, which means that God did not create something other than what he is. God just gave birth from himself. Since he is total, perfect, unlimited love, that's what you are. The Course says that all of the attributes of God are in you. The only difference between us and him is that he made us, we didn't make him. So that happens to be the abstract, essential truth about us. So the Course says, now if you sinned, that would mean that when you did something unloving, it had a reality. But the Course, the basic issue in the Course is that only love exists, nothing else does. So the Course says that it is like you, you, you made a pseudo world. You came up with this illusionary world, and in this illusionary world, people make mistakes. They do fall short of the grace of God. But the Course says there's nothing for God to be angry about there because it's not an actual world. It's just a hallucination. It's just a dream. Because if it's not of God, it doesn't really exist. So the Course says that even though you did not sin and therefore God is not angry, you have made mistakes. And his desire is to heal you. His desire is to correct the mistakes. Now, what happens then is that you take a real inventory, like they talk about in, in Alcoholics Anonymous. You take an inventory of your life. And are you, in fact, living according to the highest which is within you? You ask yourself about your life, am I living according to the highest which is within me? Now, what happens in a lot of people's lives is that we live through something which causes tremendous guilt. And the reason it causes tremendous guilt is because we reap the consequences of our action. And you know, crisis can be a real wonderful thing. The ego mind, remember, does not want you to go into crisis. Because when you go into crisis, there's a real good chance that you'll really look at how you're living and you'll really seek a better way. So what the ego wants instead is for the pain to just be this river of misery in the background. So that you don't really question whether or not this is natural. Not even questioning if it could be saying that life is so lacking in joy. But when you go into crisis, it's not so easy not to take a good look. And what happens in a crisis is on one hand, it's a tremendous opening in consciousness. On the other hand, even though you believe in God, and that's what enables you to, in a way, feel guilty, because you know that you've done something that's not in, in, in touch with the highest which is within you, on the other hand, your very belief in God can almost make things worse because you say, how could I have done that? How could I have lived a life so out of keeping with what I know to be true? So the issue is to understand that when you have lived a life which is not in keeping which, with the best which is within you, there are very deep, deep archetypes that, that are a part of this unfoldment. We all know the story, it's in the Bible and it's mentioned in the Course in Miracles, about the prodigal son. 
The story of the prodigal son, of course, is about one son who did not stay at the father's house. He wandered. And when the prodigal son came home, the father was so glad to see him. And the other brother said, well, you don't seem as glad to see us. And he said, but you never strayed. And that, to me, is one of the heaviest stories, heaviest biblical tales in relationship to this generation. Because we are an evil generation. But we are not an evil generation in the sense that the that some like fundamentalists or people like that would say that, that our particular behavior is evil. It's not that, our, you know, that we can judge from the outside and say this behavior is evil or other behavior so much is evil. But we do, much like so many generations in the Old Testament, we live a life where our eyes are turned from God. And to say that our eyes are turned from God is just to say that our eyes are turned from love. We live lives of selfishness. We live lives where we really don't put love first. So when you live a life or do anything that was not purely loving, it's not that you are a bad person because you are incapable of being a bad person. You are the person that God created you to be. But you did act in a way that betrayed yourself because if it was not love, it was not the natural act which is within you. The issue, therefore, is not to feel guilty because to feel guilty, I once heard somebody say that guilt was a reason to keep up the guilty behavior. And it really is, because I realized in my own life, when I w was feeling so guilty about something I had done, was that I realized the only reason I had done it and lived that way was because I felt so guilty inside. Feeling so guilty in that original existential sense made me, therefore, very much out of contact with the love which was within me. I didn't realize, you know, the Course says your self-perception will determine your behavior. If your self-perception is that you are love, that's who you are, you're taught as a child, you are love, and that's what you're on the earth to do, your behavior will reflect that self-perception. But if you're not taught that, you're taught you're your grades, you're taught you're your job, you're taught you're your money, you're taught all those other things, then your behavior does not express the best which is within you. Your behavior expresses your false...